For God so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Please bow your heads with me. Father God, we thank you again, Lord God, for this opportunity to gather together, 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 Lord God. In this, Lord God, your holy space, your sanctuary, Father God at Anderson Chapel this morning. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for the gift, the great gift, Lord God, that we've been celebrating for several weeks now, the gift of your son. We pray, Lord God, that the gift, Lord God, that you gave us was a gift of love to us. We pray, Lord God, that your light of love, his light of love, Lord God, will radiate, Lord God, daily through us. We pray, Lord God, that the lessons, Lord God, that he's taught us in your word, Father God, that those lessons will become a light unto the path, Father God, of our way, our feet, Lord God, that we might walk, Lord God, in your principles. Walk in your commandments. Walk in your laws, Lord God. But most of all, most of all, we desire, Lord God, to be beacons of light, walking in your love. In Jesus' name, we pray and we greet one another this morning. Amen, amen, and amen. Well, I'm very glad to hear that after just chatting with you briefly before we formally start services, that things are going well in your families, the things that we chatted a little bit about last week, those things are coming to pass, those things are working out well. Um, Your daughter's job, new job, seems to be working out well. James, the family is doing well. So we just thank the Lord for the ways that he's showing himself mighty on behalf of the Anderson Chapel members and families. I want to begin with just a few announcements this morning. And the first one is that uh, as your pastor, I will be beginning new office hours at Granbury United Methodist Church, and that will start tomorrow, the 18th of January, 2021. And I will uh, hold office hours now on Mondays, still on Mondays, but it will be from 10 until 3, 10 until 3. Um, And that's for the first quarter. And uh, when daylight savings time changes, I'll probably change those hours as well. Also, as statistical tables for 2020, I want to thank you all, uh, James, and thank you, Yvonne, for working on the tables, getting things prepared so that we could enter the information. And James, thank you for spending that time uh, with me the other day. Uh, getting those uh, figures in. So table one is complete. All of our churches have table one completed. Uh, Ridgeway has started and um, completed tables two and three already. Um, I'll be in touch with you all. Just we'll chat a little bit after services and see where we stand in prep for those two tables. I know, James, I remember us talking about moving ahead with that last week. Um, Those tables are due Uh, by January 31st. And the last announcement, and I will make a decision on that uh, tomorrow, get that out to you all as soon as possible, and that is the date for installation of church officers. Uh, We are small in numbers, and it may seem like we 
we really don't need to go through that. But whether or not we're small in numbers, we're still working as unto the Lord. And we like to and want to recommit to what we're doing, just in a formal way. I know that the members here are very committed already. So I thank the Lord for both of you all and for all of you all who are part of the service and part of the family of Anderson Chapel. I now invite you to stand with me for our call to worship. Almighty God, your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, is the light of the world. Grant that your people, illumined by your word and the sacraments, may shine with the radiance of Christ's glory, that he may be known and worshipped and obeyed to the ends of the earth, now and forever. Amen. And together, together let us pray our opening prayer. O God, you made of one blood all nations that dwell on the face of the whole earth and sent your blessed Son to preach peace to them that are afar off and to them that are near. Grant that all people everywhere may seek after you and find you. Bring the nations into your fold. Pour out your spirit on all flesh and hasten your kingdom through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. If our minister of music now would give us... Uh, Two verses of Be Thou My Vision. Thank you very, very much, Yvonne. Thank you. It's now time for our pastoral prayer. Are there any new prayer requests, any new names that we'd like to add to our list? Any concerns? We are certainly going to be praying for smooth transition, um, safe uh, service uh, installation, um, inauguration, rather, of our president, elect Biden and Vice President-elect Carmela Harris. Um, we're praying that, uh, that just it will be a peaceful day throughout the United States of America. Um, we're praying for our new leadership as well as our leaders that are leaving now. We're praying that uh, Mr. Trump and his family will fare well in their new beginning. 
We're praying the same for those who worked faithfully with him, diligently with him over the years. We will be praying, of course, for our members, for those, all of those that we have uh, sent cards to. We promised them that we'd be faithful to pray for them regularly. So we'll keep them in our prayers as well as those who have been visitors uh, with us and support us in so many other ways. Um, I do want to ask us to be in prayer for um, our visitor, Bill Hudson, and uh, his wife, Lynn, uh, their daughter. Um, we want to pray for her, uh, so we'll keep her in our prayers. Um, I think that's, uh, that's all that I can think of right now. Uh, once again, anything else, anyone else we want to pray for in this season, or this day, rather? If not, let us bow our heads. Heavenly Father, you, Lord God, know, Lord God, all things. And you, Father God, are the good God who's promised us that when we, as your children, Lord God, when we bow the knee to you, Lord God, when we, Lord God, do, Lord God, as James admonished us to do, and that is to pray, and pray fervently, Lord God, that the effectual and fervent prayers of the righteous availeth much. We know also, Lord God, that you've called us into a season and a time, Lord God, where as the people of God, repentance is one of the things that you're asking us for in this uh, time, Lord God, in this nation and even around the world, Father. Father God, you gave us that scripture, Lord God. Father God, in 2 Corinthians 7, 14, and Father God, we are your people, and we are called by your name. So we are humbling ourselves, Lord God, and we are repenting, Lord God, for anything and everything, Lord God. Father God, be it word or deed, Lord God, even thought, Lord God, anything, Lord God, that has, Lord God, hurt your heart, then we ask you, Lord God, to forgive us for that. Anything, Lord God, that has offended you in any way, Lord God, or your reputation, Lord God, your name, Lord God, we ask you to forgive us today, Lord God. Father God, and we ask you to strengthen us so that we will not walk in that way, way again. Now, Father God, you've heard, Lord God, Father God, those concerns on our hearts for today. And we do, Lord God, ask you, Lord God, to just, Lord God, maintain, empower, Lord God, those with your authority according to your word, Lord God, and Lord God, according, Lord God, to the laws of our land, Lord God, those who bear authority, Lord God, to maintain, Lord God, order. We pray, Lord God, that they will be able to do so and to do it peace of, peacefully, Lord God. We're praying, Lord God, for a peaceful 20th of January 2021 and a peaceful transition, Lord God, Father God of our past of our presidential uh, office, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, that you'll keep your good hand resting upon, Lord God, our government officials, Lord God. That would be our president, Lord God, elect and uh, vice president elect, as well as Lord God, President Trump, Lord God, and those, Lord God, who are men, uh, members of his administration, Lord God. Father God, we pray, Lord God, for a, a wonderful new beginning, and we're asking this in faith. We know, Lord God, it does not look like that could even be possible, but Father God, we know that you are the God of the impossible, so we're looking to you with eyes of faith, Lord God, eyes of faith, Lord God, 
and hope, Lord God, that can only reside in you. We pray, Lord God, that you teach us, Lord God, the more how to pray, Lord God, Father God, and how to be faithful Christians, Lord God, and Lord God, citizens during this new and incoming season, this new beginning. We pray, Lord God, for all of those who've been a part, a faithful part of our community, Lord God, of our church, Lord God, over the years, those that we've been in touch with recently, a special prayer we ask for each and every one of them, for Nancy, Lord God, and for Tom, who are not with us today, Lord God. Be with them. You know, Lord God, the concerns, Lord God, that they have for their lives personally. Touch, Lord God. And we ask you, Lord God, to heal, Lord God. Father God, and where it's possible, Lord God, we're asking you even to restore, Father. We thank you for that. We pray for our sister churches as well, Lord God. And we also ask you, Lord God, to be with us in a special way in our service today. And Father, we ask these, Lord God, uh, Father God, we certainly don't want to be uh, remiss in thanking you for the answered prayers, Lord God. Father God, we thank you for the sanctuary being especially warm today, Lord God, very comfortable, Lord God. We thank you for that. We thank you, Lord God, for your good hand resting again, Lord God, upon Lord God, Yvonne's daughter, daughter, Lord God, and, and James's family, his son, Lord God, and daughter, Lord God, and grandson. Father God, we just thank you, Lord God. Again, great is your faithfulness to us, and we bless you for that. Now, Father God, we pray the prayer that our Lord taught us, our Father, together who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who've trespassed against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Our scripture for this morning, our key scripture for this morning, you've already heard, and that scripture is John 3, 16. For our God, our loving Heavenly Father, so loved the world that he gave to us his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but we should get to enjoy ever lasting life with him. Everlasting life with him. Over the past few weeks, the beginning of the year, we have uh, been looking at the significance of light on Epiphany uh, Sunday, the 3rd of uh, January, uh, taking a look at the role that the light of the star played. And of course, I'm always understanding that we sing of Jesus as being the light of the world himself. The light was born into the world. The light of God, the manifestation of God's presence was born into the world. And we celebrate, celebrated his birthday on the 25th of December. And then we celebrated the uh, Gentiles recognizing <clears throat> excuse me, his birth on Epiphany Sunday, the 3rd of January. Last week, when, uh, when I preached, the Lord had given me a word, and that, that word was a 
focus of had a focus of a new beginning, and it was from Revelation chapter 21, verse 1 through 7. God's description of a new heaven and a new earth, that's what he showed us. That's what he talked with us about last week. It's a place where the kingdom of God is manifested, and it's fully realized in the future millennium. Yet Jesus taught us in his model prayer, that is, in his petition, we just finished praying it, asking God for his kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. So there's a now and a then to this, the, the kingdom of God's manifestation. Last year, we studied the Beatitudes and some death, depth, in which Jesus presented us with the spiritual insights into the nature of the kingdom of God. And those who live like they are real, manifested citizens of heaven, God's heavenly kingdom, while still residing here on earth. The residents of the kingdom of God willingly and, 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 and dare I say, joyfully obey the laws and the commandments of God. And when we read them in the Torah, we find that there are many, many laws and many commandments. However, if you're any way like me, then you're grateful, so grateful, for the lawyer who asked Jesus, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment of the law? Which is the greatest commandment of the law? This brings me now to our text, our focus text for today's lesson, today's word, today's message. And it comes from Matthew 22, 35 through 40. Then, then one of them, a lawyer, King, New King James Version, a lawyer asked Jesus a question, testing him and saying, Teacher, which is the great commandment of the law? Jesus answered him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and the great commandment, and the second is like unto it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Well, like I said, I'm so glad, so very glad, that the lawyer asked the question. And I'm so glad about the way that Jesus answered the question. So it's not about knowing all of the laws, especially as outlined the ritual uh, laws as well as the moral laws. It's not about knowing all of those when we can just focus on two, the two that God through Jesus gave to us. And that is the greatest, verse 38, verse 37, excuse me, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And then 38, this is the great and foremost commandment. And the second is like unto it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. So Jesus distilled 
the myriad of the laws and the commandments into two, two, which are the essence of the commandments, and that is love. And you and I, you, we've been studying the word of God for years. We know that that is the nature of God himself. Therefore, our priority as Christians who are members of the kingdom of God and the body of Christ, as Christians, our priority is always love. Love of God and love of our fellow man. Now, Jesus said that love would identify not just Christians, but love would identify disciples. John 3, John 13, rather 35, says it this way. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Now, look closely at that verse. Is it love that identifies us as Christians? No, no. It says that love identifies us as disciples, disciplined ones who are trained by the Lord and his Holy Spirit. So what's the identifying mark then of a Christian? The identifying mark of a Christian is faith, faith faith. Now the Bible, I believe, makes it clear, a clear distinction between a Christian and a disciple. How does a person become a a Christian? By faith, by believing, believing in Jesus Christ. John 3.16, we've just heard it this morning. But John 11.25 and 26 says says this, I am the resurrection and the life. He who again believes, is talking about the faith again, in me shall live even if he dies. Verse 26, and everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? People become Christians when they understand and believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. The scripture makes it quite clear that salvation is a free gift a free gift of God's grace. But the scriptures also teach us that discipleship is costly. Salvation is our birth, is uh, our birth in the Christian life. And discipleship is our education and maturity in the Christian life. So we can compare texts. Let's just listen to these two. John 3.16 again. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Eternal life again, a gift of grace to all who believe. No cost at all involved. Luke fourteen thirty three. So therefore, no one of you can be my disciple who does not give up all his own possessions. Discipleship is a call to forsake all and follow Christ. Calls for a sacrifice. Discipleship as a conditional relationship can uh, be interrupted. It it can be interrupted. It can be terminated after it has begun. All Christians are called to be, all are called 
uh, Christians are called to be disciples, but not all are. Jesus taught his disciples, all of his disciples, that we are to love one another just as he loves us. John 13, 34, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. That love of God that we are to express begins with loving other Christians, no matter who they are, where they are. We're to love other Christians. Now, I don't think there should be much argument as to the fact that we're commanded by God to love each other. We know we're supposed to do that. We're supposed to love. But the question is, do we remember? Do we know what love is? Our culture has redefined love. Our culture, in our culture, the word love means just about everything except what the Bible means by it. So Christians are easily mis misled into thinking that love is a feeling, a feeling, a feeling, a feeling. And that's a whole nother sermon by itself. But the biblical word for love, the word love that we are aspiring to is not phileo, it's not sturge, it is not eros. But the love that we are aspiring to is the God kind of love. And we know what that word is. We know what that name is. It is agape, agape love. It is not volition. It is, excuse me, it is volitional as opposed to being emotional. It's a self-sacrificing love. Agape love is a response to someone who is unworthy of love or perhaps someone who we perceive is unworthy of love. This concept of love was derived from the cross, of course. God so loved the world that he gave his son for it. That was a response to unworthy people, to sinners, to those who were his enemies. That's what agape love is. It's love that proceeds from the nature of the lover. Almighty God rather than the worth of the person who is loved. It's a love that gives, a love that seeks the best for the object of its love. Agape is a commitment of the will to cherish and uphold another person. It is the only word ever used to describe God's love. It's a decision that you and I make. It's a commitment that we have made to launch upon uh, an effort to treat another person, other persons with concern, with care, with thoughtfulness and with that person's best interest foremost. That's what love is. Let's look at a, another uh, a verse regarding love uh, and the command to love. First Peter 1 Peter 1.22 says, Since you have in obedience to the truth, Purified your souls for a sincere love of the brethren. Then fervently, fervently love one another from the heart. The Greek word that Peter uses here for fervently, it means with great intensity. 
It comes from another word, which means without ceasing. So we are to intently love one another without ceasing, without ceasing. We remember that song, what the world needs now is love, sweet love. And that is truly what we can look around and, and see and perceive and know that that is what the world is in need of today. Well, let us look a little more at, at what love is according to the Apostle Paul. He told the believers in Rome, wherefore, accept one another just as Christ also accepted us to the glory of God. The word accept in Greek means to take to oneself, to hold to oneself and friendship. It's, a, it's an uh, intense word and it means to grant access, grant someone access to our own heart, to take into friendship or communion, to take intimately someone unto yourself. So how do we receive another believer? Well, how we receive another believer is how we receive Christ and the Father. We are to accept our brothers in Christ even though they are different from us. We tend to, to receive only those who are like us. Community, familiarity, not the unknown. unknown. So we accept those who are most like us and exclude all who are different. That's the easy route. But Ephesians 5, 1 and 2 says this, Therefore be who, be what, and who? Imitators of Christ, imitators of God as beloved children, and walk, live day by day, step by step in love, just as Christ also loved me, or loved you, loved you and me. He gave himself up for us, as an offering and a sacrifice to God as a sweet-smelling aroma. Christ received, Christ received us unconditionally. We were, worthy, were we worthy of it? No, not so. Not at all. When a believer refuses to accept into his heart another believer, he is saying, in effect, I know Christ has received them, but me, I require a little bit more. I have a higher standard. The bottom line is we know that we're to be like Christ, to be concerned for other Christians, to be concerned for Christ, to love Christ is to love all of his people. We all want to be loved and cared about, and since we do, we are obliged to do the same for others. Matthew 7 and 12 says it this way, this way, this way. Therefore, however you want people to treat you, so treat them. This is the law and the prophets. Well, we know what this verse is called. It's often referred to as the golden rule. Jesus is teaching us to do unto others as we would have them do unto us. 
Paul goes on to say in six, uh, Galatians 6 and 2, bear one another's burdens and thus fulfill the law of Christ. When we fulfill the law of Christ, when we bear one another's burdens, when we help them in their infirmities and their weaknesses, we are to help by giving them a hand of a fellowship. We're to help them out of their problems. We're to restore them. We do not heap condemnation upon them with judgment or judgmental spirits. To bear one another's burden means that we have got to get up close and touch them, touch their hearts, touch their lives. Self-love is our greatest obstacle to loving others. Therefore, it becomes the standard by which God commends us to treat others. How do you want to be treated? How do I want to be treated? How does every Christian want to be treated? How does everyone want to be treated? I think all of us would agree that we want others to be kind to us long-suffering with us. 1 Corinthians 13 and 4 says, Love is patient, love is kind, and is not jealous. Love does not brag and is not arrogant. One of the distinguishing marks of love is that it is kind. It is kind. Some scholars say that the word kind is, is the same as good, or, or a synonym, rather, for the word good. But the Greek word here means to show oneself useful to or for another. Ephesians 4 and 32 tells us to be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, as God in Christ also has forgiven you as God also has forgiven you. Just as unkindness sets off a chain reaction of unkindness, so an act of kindness sets off a chain reaction of kindness, kind events as well. Just a quick aside here, we've all heard the story of the paying it forward, paying it forward. And we've heard the story of where someone in a grocery line or someone at a fast food service line will offer to pay for the meal of the person that's following them. And once one person has done that, then before you know it, just about everybody who serviced that morning or that afternoon or maybe that entire day is serviced in the same kind of way. That is to say, Everybody practices paying forward. We love to hear that story. And that's a very simplistic way of saying it, of, of signifying or uh, giving an example of how kindness can spread. There's a noted businessman. He's an author and a well-known author and a, uh, a uh, uh, speaker. His name is Herbert Prushnow. 
And he says this about kindness. You may be sorry that you spoke, or you may be, or you may rather uh, have strayed or, or went uh, 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 astray. You may be sorry that you won or lost, or sorry that you thought the worst, or sorry, so sorry for something. But as you go through life, what you will find is that you'll never, ever be sorry for being kind, for being kind to someone else. Jesus says this to us. In Matthew chapter 7 and verse 12, we recognize this as being part of the Sermon on the Mount, when, yes, Jesus is speaking to disciples, but he's also speaking to his crowds. And he says this, Therefore, however you want people, 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 people. So we're now no longer talking about just Christians and brethren. But he's saying, however you want people, all humanity is emphasized here as Jesus is teaching on the Sermon of the, on the Mount. However we want people to treat us, so treat them. For this is the law and the prophets. This is loving others, all others, as we love ourselves. This is a Christian. This is to be my priority, our priority. So how do we live like this? How do we live in love? That is in agape love. Well, we can learn to remember what, what we learn in Galatians, the times that, we, that we've studied Galatians before in our walk with the Lord. We learn this, that love is not self-generated. Agape love cannot be self-generated. Love, agape love, is spirit-controlled and spirit-generated. Galatians 5.22 says that the fruit, the product of the Spirit, the Spirit of God not only dwelling, but ruling and reigning in our hearts, is love. The fruit of the Spirit, like all of spiritual life, can come only from the Spirit's, the Holy Spirit's control, and in a Spirit-controlled life. Some call it simply this, by walking in the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit, and I'm closing with this, is a matter of dependent discipleship. Dependent emphasizes our need for God's power to work in us. Discipline emphasizes that we need the discipline within ourselves and body of Bible study, prayer, and fellowship. We're responsible to discipline our lives towards spiritual growth and all the while depending on God to work in us. Our message for today is a message that God is speaking throughout the world and throughout our nation at this time. 
we can go back to that old song, what the world needs now is love, sweet love. We need to walk in God's love. Pray in God's love. And when I say we, I'm of course just talking about the body of Christ, period. To walk in God's love. The Lord has laid it on my heart for us to engage as leaders in our churches, in our five churches, to read a a book on the spirit, on a spirit-led church. And I'll bring an example of the book in for you next week. I'll be ordering a copy for each one of us as leaders. We want to be spirit-led as we continue to move forward in planning and working um, toward God's new beginning for us in this year of 2021. Please bow your heads with me. Heavenly Father, I have delivered your word to your beloved people as you, Lord God, have given your word to me. I pray, Heavenly Father, that this word, Lord God, it's not new. No, it's not new. But Father God, sometimes we go back to the basics in order, Lord God. We, t- we take a step back, Lord God, in order, Lord God, to have you, Lord God, be able to propel us forward. So I pray, Lord God, that I, Lord God, and your people, Lord God, that we will, Father God, more actively seek to walk in your love, to be led by your spirit in our walk of love, love toward all people. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. As we prepare to leave our service today, it is time for our hymn of dedication. And it's uh, not a new song for any of us. In fact, I think most of us remember it from our Sunday school days, uh, Sabbath school days, from vacation Bible school, from days of, uh, (laughs) I'm hearing the term, your, days of your. So... (laughs) Thank you, Yvonne, for laughing at that. (laughs) Uh, We thank the Lord. So would you please play uh, just a a couple of uh, verses of that for us? Thank you so very, very much. Well, we'll prepare our hearts. Let's just take a moment of silence as we uh, extinguish our lights and uh, prepare to dismiss. James, thank you.
while James is coming forward. Do you mind playing another uh, verse of this little light of mine, please? Thank you. much. Let us all rise. Everlasting God, you gave us, Lord God, the faith of Christ for the light to our feet amid the darkness of this world. Empower us to walk in this light, walk in the life and the love of Christ toward all that we meet. And Lord God, help us to do this each and every day. Amen, amen, and amen. Praise the Lord, everyone.